got to hit the record button hit to, to make it work. Record. That's how you do it. <laughs> All shut right, welcome up, back Jonathan. to... <laughs> yeah, shut up, John. John's in the corner over there. Yeah. Love <laughs> you. Uh, welcome back to the podcast. This is the Gansfeld Files. I am your host, James Whalen, and today my guest is Cato. Hello. How you doing, Cato? I'm all right. All right. I have goosebumps already. You got goosebumps? Yeah, I got goosebumps. <laughs> goose, goose pimples? Goose, goose skin. Chicken goose, skin. Chicken skin. Yes. <laughs> Oh, Cato, the reason I asked you to come on the show is because you're awesome, first of all. Oh, my God. So yeah. nice. <laughs> John's giving the, the hand wave over there. Uh, but you also have an occult... Um, following. Following. Yes. No. Yeah. <laughs> you have an occult following. Oh, wow. Well, no. Yeah, check you uh, out. But you have, a, you have an occult background. Correct. Well, some sort of uh, witchy background. Are you a practitioner? Do you practice uh, ritual and... I would like say so, yeah. Um, mm. And I think a lot, I, I just want to like say at the top here that I think there's a lot of, especially lately, culture around like manifestation mm. and like right. a lot of the product of like Instagram witches, you know. Insta witches, yeah. Insta witches. <laughs> and I think that it really does kind of take away the. Um, the depth and the uh um what's the word i'm looking for the kind of like the gravity of what it means to be a little bit more spiritually connected in that way and i think it really it's a lot of spiritual bypassing it's rooted in a mm-hmm. lot of you know kind of colonizer mindset and not really not really genuine to what the practice actually is. Oh, <laughs> so, so i just wanted to throw that out there. So there's, there's a lot of people on social media that are doing it just for um, the show of it just yeah to... or like you know take my course because it's manifestation magic and they mm-hmm. like don't even really know what that is and you know manifestation has become this like kind of naughty word in the uh like witchy world i think oh. because there's this idea of like well if i wish for it it'll happen rather than actually you know, working for it yeah setting yeah, yeah. intentions and and mm-hmm. directing your path towards that so i think it's just kind of important to say I think it's gotten a bad rap in the last few years, which is such a bummer because it's been something that I've I've done for a long time um, since mm. I was a teenager, really. So, would you say manifestation is not like a set it and forget it kind of a thing that you actually Correct. have to um, use your intention every day and like really put the effort into it to yeah. to and even then you just get put on the right track. You don't even like receive things, not just show up at your door. Correct. Right? Yeah, you just have to. Yeah. There was like a long time that I was like, oh, I want to manifest a new place to live. And it kind of was like this very back route way into getting a different apartment. And it was not without its trials and tribulations. And now I'm here. I'm like, oh, right. And going back through journals and seeing that that's something I wrote down as like, I'm manifesting this. And then it took a lot of pain and heartache and money to get where we were, but we got here. So, right. um, so I think, yeah, it's not, it's not just, um, you know, uh, compulsory gifts from the universe. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's what some people do. Like, especially like when the, I think the secret was really big. I think people took away a different understanding, like a different notion of that. He's like, oh, well, he just, you manifest it and it comes to you. And I'm like, well, there's a little bit more. Yeah work you have to do and it's never in the package you think it's going to be in which i think is really interesting yeah um, right yeah just opens doors and paths and correct opportunity and then you have to like pick up those reins yeah and you have to go down that path exactly yeah exactly awesome yeah so you have you also have some like tools of um tools. of the witch right you have some tools some of the trade tools of the trade <laughs> you, got some, you have crystals and you have yes. uh uh besides crystals what else do you have? Oh, you have like um, incense and you know, yeah, like I that, have right? uh, incense and um, sage and Palo Santo. There's also a lot of discussion around Palo Santo now being um, an endangered species of tree, oh, right. um, and that it is something that indigenous people often use in their rituals. So it is mm-hmm. super important to be mindful of where you're sourcing your things. Um, for me, I would say if like if I fell under a witch category, I would say I'm probably more like a green witch, like mm. a botanical witch um i would say that just like even the plants that i have in the house are really kind of witchy because each of them does have some significance of like um 
I don't know if I don't know if you've seen Practical Magic or oh, yeah. if any of the listeners yeah, have, but I have. there's yeah. that whole thing about like rosemary and mm-hmm. salt and things like that. So I'm yeah. so, I'm probably somewhere between like a green witch and a kitchen witch, mm-hmm. um, if I were to say that. I I like calling myself a witch, but I don't like saying I'm like Wiccan or pagan. I just I feel like I'm just witchy. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you you would do um, like rituals and practices and stuff like that. Is it? What would be the the goal? Is it for stuff like you already mentioned the the apartment finding thing? Uh, what sure. other things would you try to to gain from that? I, I think a lot of it is um, finding peace in terms of your mental health and your well being. Um, you know, it can come in a lot of different forms, and some people have more like traditional re- religious approaches to that. Some people. Mm-hmm are um, into exercising. Some people like to cook. Some people go to therapy. And those are all incredibly useful tools. And I think that oftentimes when I do what my coach would call sacred morning practice or for me, because I'm such a night owl, sometimes I'll do sacred evening practice when it's like two in the morning. Um, (laughs) It's a lot of journaling, reflection. Very often it's tarot cards, oracle cards, um, and, uh, just kind of sitting, uh, in silence because I think that, um, you know, kind of going hand in hand with Gansfeld experiments <laughs> that kind of right. sitting in silence or sitting, um, hearing the same sound over and over and over and over again yeah. can start triggering different responses in your brain. And I think that it can give you like what the end of a yoga session is in Shavasana where you have that meditative state. I think it can really open up a lot of opportunity for you to, approach your day or end your day with uh, some sense of calm and some reassurance that you're on the right path. Or if you're not feeling like you're on the right path, maybe kind of learning where you can tweak your vector a little bit and get onto a good good place to help you keep moving forward. So that's a lot of the reason why I tend to do it. Um, some of it does come in the form of like, I would like a new apartment or I'm looking for that new job or whatever. Um, but some of it is just like getting out of my own way in order to kind of hear those cues from the universe of like, hey, you're on the right path, especially as an actor and feeling like, oh my God, I'm beating my head against the wall, auditioning and auditioning and auditioning and hearing no, 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 no. And when I get to that place of like, ugh, that's when something happens or I'm reminded of this project or someone talks to me about this thing or working on that. And I'm like, oh, right, I'm doing this for a reason. And it is that reminder and you have to, you have to get your ego out of the way. Sure. So I would say, uh, do you believe in the notion of like as above, so below, that you know, kind of thing? I do. Uh, I believe it in a different capacity. I mean, that mm-hmm. is like such a an occult phrase, as above, so below. Mm-hmm. Um, it can apply to the the kind of more traditional concept of heaven, hell, earth, you know, purgatory, things like that. Yeah. But in my viewpoint, the interpretation of that phrase, um, I see it as more of an astrological standpoint because you know there's going to be millions of people rolling their eyes about astrology but there is a lot that does affect us cosmically Mm. people tend to get squirrelier around a full moon people will blame everything on a mercury retrograde and they'll be like oh mercury's in gatorade i'm like yeah but (laughs) did you lose your keys did you fucking take a wrong turn like you know like it is a little bit more amplified Mm. and you know, I do think that there's a certain level of, um, of, of effect and sway. You know, it's it's one of those things. Uh, I spoke to my friend Jordan Shomer, who's an incredible astrologer. Mm. And she and I had a conversation about, you know, we as human beings are mostly made of water. And if the moon literally affects the tides on the planet, it would be foolish of us to think that it doesn't affect us in some oh, capacity. Sure. I mean, talk to anybody who's worked in a hospital. Correct. Yeah, I, <laughs> truly. Yeah, the ER nurses that I speak to are like, you would not believe what happens around the full moon. So, yeah. So that, I think for me, that's what as above, so below means. There's a reflection of what is happening astrologically in our daily lives, um, both at the time we were born, you know, in, in reference to our birth chart and kind of our sun signs, our moon signs, all of that, but also what's happening cosmically, you know, we kind of see when Jupiter's in a really great sign like Pisces, like it is now, it has this, it it can offer an abundance of dreams and fantasies fulfilled. And, um, I'm, you know, you see a lot of that stuff that's happening cosmically. The great conjunction happened around this time last year, Mm -hmm. which is where Saturn and and Jupiter lined up, um, which like go way back to mythology. And they were like, wow, the great conjunction of the Mm -hmm. spheres and like, any, you know, it's in The Witcher. It's in, you know, it's like in all of these different mm-hmm. theories. So I do think that there is a sway in there, which yeah. is kind of cool. Um, as above, so below also reminds me of the phrase abracadabra, which 
everybody thinks it's like Alakazam. Um, <laughs> what is like it's it's forward, poke- forward and backward, right? It's, it's, yeah, yeah, and, and it's okay. uh, it's like I I'm I see what I manifest, or you know, I mm. I see there. I can't remember the direct interpretation of it, but it is very much like that kind of third eye opening stuff, which yeah. I think is kind of cool. Yeah, I thought it was the same as like a like a the Seder Square. Mm-hmm. Is it? Yeah, because like the Seder. Well, the the intent of the Seder Square is to be the same forward to back, left, right, all that, up, down, all that to confuse evil spirits. That's the. Oh, interesting. That's intention. like the Winchester House. Did you hear about the Winchester House? <laughs> yeah, I see. Yeah. I just listened to a podcast yeah. about it. I know about it, and then I listened to this podcast, and I was like, "This woman was either so like so baddie, <laughs> or so afraid of ghost spirits following her around her house that she was just like, "I'm going to keep doing this." And then like disasters happened, like an earthquake happened, to oh, destroyed yeah. half the house, and she's like, yeah. "Whatever, keep going." Like, yeah, and like the second she died, all the workers were like, "Stop." Yep. They just walked away from the site. And like, this, and then like, this bitch is crazy. He's fucking Yeah. I, like, stairs that go that. nowhere. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, I'm just, like, so fascinated. But, like, that kind of concept of, like, maybe, you know, it's not the same forward, backwards, diagonally, and things like that. But it is, like, meant to, like, confuse and not, like, be an open portal or whatever. Man. I know. I don't know. What, what was, was that the intention that she was trying to do? Was it confuse all the spirits in the house? Or was it... There were a few theories based off of what I was listening to that... Um, you know, some of it that was that she was fearful of the spirits coming to follow her. So she mm. was building and building and building. And some of it was that a, there was a promise that she would keep building uh, onto yeah. this sanctuary okay. until she died. So there, there were a number of schools of thought as to why she was doing this. No one's entirely sure she she did it. And now we're like <laughs> never going to know why, but okay. <laughs> it's but pretty it means, fascinating. It means we got to go investigate. I would love Winchester. To. Is that in Tennessee? Where is that? That's a really good question. I don't remember. <laughs> I know that she was married to the guy who um, made all those rifles. Correct. And it's like Winchester's a rifle and like gun company and shotguns and stuff. So I don't know. We got to look that up. And there was there's also a theory that um, she was the spirits that she was running from were spirits that were haunting her based off of all of the people who were killed by West, uh, Winchester guns. Oh. And that when her husband died, okay. you know, she was concerned about these spirits following her because they were following him. Right. So there's that's a theory as well, which I think is pretty fascinating. Right. That's interesting because I was um, reading up on, well, after episode four, when we had that weird night. <laughs> yeah, I heard that one. <laughs> I that heard was nuts. about that one, yeah. After that, I started um, researching a little bit and what magic practitioners... Um, are saying is that when you're cleansing your space, you have to cleanse a lot of stuff. Like if yeah. you bought like a, let's say you bought a wand mm-hmm. to use in your magic practice, you have to use incense to clean that wand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You buy something from the thrift store, like a shirt or something like that, and then you wear that when you do your magic magic practices, you yeah. got to cleanse that shirt. So there's a lot of cleansing you got to do. Like yeah. cleanse all your materials before you create the altar. Yeah. And you got to clean everything off. And like before you do your practices, of course, mm-hmm. you have to sanitize everything. Basically, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's kind of that concept of like cleaning the kitchen before you're going to cook. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have a clean space to work. Yeah. Um, in addition to uh, incense, Palo Santo, sage, things like that, um, selenite is super great for selenite. cleansing. What is selenite? Uh, it is a it is a um, crystal, a type of mineral um, that is um, very very much made of salt <laughs> and mm. will very easily crumble. But is it is said to be a very um, <clears throat> absorbent and cleansing crystal. So mm. you could essentially like situate your tarot deck with a selenite wand on top of it and have that be a means of cleansing it spiritually. Yeah. Um, I know some folks who, when, you know, especially like thinking about the, um, the sweet little coven I have and am I a part of with these two wonderful people of like doing sweet tarot reading. <laughs> Our <laughs> sweet little it. coven. I love it. Oh, it's a good name for a podcast. Yeah. Oh, sweet yeah. little coven. Oh, beeps. I love that. Let's make little muffins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like definitely when, when one of us or, or many of us were going, going through it, the idea of like sitting with a selenite wand, like a seatbelt, <laughs> like holding on <laughs> universally, like, okay, let's buckle up, you know? So yeah. yeah. I've also heard of um, like 
using like black objects or black crystals because mm-hmm. black will absorb negative energy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, black tourmaline in particular is, um, is a crystal that's particularly absorbent of mm. uh, negative energies. However, it is something that needs to be cleansed itself. Right. So once it absorbs it, you have to kind of dump it somewhere. Like, um, a, like a ghost trap. You got to empty it's it out. Essentially, yeah, you have to empty the ghost trap. You can't just keep filling it up and filling it up and filling it up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. I think right there is a good take, good place to take a break. We're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Albuquerque ghost cat. Albuquerque ghost cat. I also have and, so many ghost stories and, for you. Yeah, there we go. We have some ghost stories when we come back. Heck yeah. All right. We'll take a little break. All right. Now we're back. Hi. From our little break. I did look up the uh, old meaning of abracadabra. It's Ooh, yes. uh, from the Aramaic phrase avracadabra, which means I will create as I speak. Ah. Which I think is cool. So that's like a like an intention setter. Before yeah. Before you, yeah. 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 That's Power cool. in your words. Yeah. We got a lot of stories to uh, <laughs> to get to, Kato. But bef- before we get into that, I'd like to go back was it two years ago, something like that? My, oh yeah, my birthday. Party. Was it two years ago? It was only I a year it ago. It was last last November, wasn't it? Yeah. Wasn't this past month the one before that? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like to go back to the to the birthday party. John and, and I have covered this extensively, so we've already put our warnings out there and talked about what we went wrong. Uh, but before I went crazy, uh, <laughs> you did a little Gansfeld session. Yes. And I just like to touch on that. You want to travel back down memory lane? Yeah, I think that I often, I mean, I don't think it's uncommon for for folks to have this, but like with white noise, I'll get the auditory hallucinations. Like Mm. it sounds like whispers after a certain time. If I'm at a certain angle, like we'll sleep with a white noise machine on. And at certain angles, I I think that I'm hearing the neighbors and I turn my head and I'm like, oh no, it's the fan. So I just have to like remind (laughs) myself of that. So when I was in the experiment, um, I was picking up whispers and kind of, it was kind of like, kind of like a mm. Harry Potter behind the veil kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. um, not scary. It just was like, it just sounded like whispering voices, like maybe in an auditorium. Mm-hmm. And then I got a very clear um, like picture of, I would say old timey, somewhere between 20s, 1920s and 1940s American couple. Um, and the names Robert and Marilyn had come up um, and they were very present. And I don't, it, it, it Nothing really happened, but it was just such a clear image mm. of these two people yeah. um, and their distinctive names, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, that that was weird when you were when you were doing your session because I remember because I didn't know that you were doing it just yet. I was in the kitchen, like getting some chips, and then there was like, and you're in the living room. The living room was right next to the kitchen, and then you started talking, and I thought you were talking to me, so I said what, and everybody's like shh. And that I looked, I looked around the corner, and then everybody's like sitting in a semicircle around you, and you've got the the goggles on. And yeah, I was like, oh my god, she's like she's talking to. I was talking. It was mainly mainly Robert, but yeah. Marilyn was there, which was cool. It was like we were sitting at a table, just like chatting. Wow, it was bizarre. Are you having a conversation with these? Yeah, it was a little people? bit of a back and forth, you know, kind of like a fuzzy radio transmission basically (laughs) (laughs) every time we do the like the gansfeld thing i kind of like the movie frequency pops in my head oh yeah 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 Mm -hmm. like this could this could very well happen yeah it was gave me very like 1950s new mexico roswell vibes (laughs) (laughs) i was like oh are we talking to aliens oh good segue kato speaking of oh yeah oh Mm i'm gonna talk about the little Little meow meow you saw running around? Yeah. So um, my partner, John, and I, uh, who's been, he's been on the podcast, um, yeah. we went and lived in Albuquerque for about two months uh, in the throes of the pen, panini, pen, <laughs> pen fried noodle. Um, and we, neither of us were working and we said, fuck it, we're not going to stay in 400 square feet. And we drove down to Albuquerque right. where my family lives. And we, we lived at my folks place for a while and we had this kind of back part of the house and John and I are night owls, and we um, stayed up a little bit late. But and I ha- there is a cat there. Like I have my cat who mm-hmm. lives there, and she's you know she's not terribly rambunctious, but she's a cat. She wanders around. It's a big house, mm-hmm. and um, 
out of the corner of my eye and out of the corner of John's eye, we both kept like catching like flashes of a, of a little black tail. My cat's black and white. So mm-hmm. I was just like, eh, Chooch is running around. What's going on? <laughs> um, but we would turn and look and like Chooch would be asleep on the couch. And there's just like mm. this shadow of like two a little, little legs and a tail that ran past. Um, and we kept catching it mainly like down the hallway, like towards our bedroom was the big one. Or there was a couple times where we were watching TV in the TV room and like, like saw something like it was always like out of the periphery, you know, mm. glitch in the matrix kind of feeling, <laughs> um, which is funny because we have had four other cats that have come through that house, um, two of which had died at oh. the house um, and two of which ended up not working out. And we had to kind of give them up, unfortunately. But there was part of me, one of our cats was black. His mm. name was Ajax. He was like the first one we had. And um, he was really stupid and really sweet. <laughs> and he decided sleeping in the road on a warm warm night was exactly oh, what he needed to do. Right. And that was what happened. Um, but uh, I, I was wondering if that was like him running around or if it was my mm. other cat, Comet, who like was like my baby. Um, if he was kind of padding around a little bit, which I've never seen. I had never seen that before. This is like kitty cat heaven. Yeah, it was really bizarre. Yeah, we kept seeing this kind of like dash, like around, it was always like around the corner, like the hall was straight back and then it had a hook turning to the left. So it was always like the cat was running down towards the left. So we saw it just like disappear behind a wall. And you said it's not solid. It was... It was shadowy. shadowy, Yeah, it looked like a shadow of a a cat, but it was Mm. distinctly like a back leg and tail. Like, so you, you saw this and then also John also saw John this. saw this like, and we both were like are we high and then we we're like yeah well but you know it was that kind of moment of like oh no there's like there there's actually something going on because we saw it like three or four times I think in the course that we were there so but this wasn't like you you knew this cat though I mean that was, it was familiar yeah, yeah. Uh, it wasn't scary mm-hmm. it definitely wasn't like what the fuck it was just like what was that <laughs> so yeah it was familiar for sure so the uh, does Chooch, the living cat, ever? Yeah. You've seen the cat interact with the uh, ghostly cats, or? Um, not really that I've seen. Hmm. Um, I just ignored it, like whatever. Yeah, she. I've never <laughs> seen her put out. You know, like she's sensitive. She's a very sensitive girl. Yeah. <laughs> and there are like outdoor cats that will come to the window and antagonize yeah. her, and she's like, ah! but hmm. I've never seen her just be weird and freaky for no reason. Cause like there's that thing that cats do where they like stare in the corner at ghosts, oh, you know, yeah, they're seeing, they're like, like communing with the kitchen demon, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. I haven't, I, like I haven't that. ever really seen that, um, from her, but mm. yeah. So it, whatever it was, the entity was like very chill and very calm. Okay. So that's cool. That was a relaxed experience, ghostly experience. Fun. Mm-hmm. And Moving along to the place you live in now, yes, there are some sleep paralysis. Yeah, persons. This is really weird. I've never had sleep paralysis before. Oh yeah. Um, I have had a very. I, I have always had a very vivid imagination, which is why I never really got into horror until like my mid late twenties, mm. because I was. It was. I would watch a movie and then I would have nightmares because I was too scared. Right. Um, and that was, you know, I slept with my closet light on as a, as a kid up of until course. like age 15. Cause I oh, was yeah. that scared of the dark yeah. and New Mexico is very, very dark. Like it's not like you don't get the like ambient light pollution really. Mm. Um, and you, you buy into the, the belief of keeping all extremities covered yeah. By the blanket. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I do too. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's no, I'm, my, yeah. I'm safe if my toes are covered. Yeah. There's nothing that can get me if my toes are covered, right? Like, that's what it is. Um, but yeah, um, here, and, and I'm a very light sleeper. Mm. Um, you know, I, I pretty much hear everything. But uh, I, I painted our, our bedroom this light gray color, which you helped me do, yeah. as you know. Yeah. Uh, thank mm-hmm. you again. You're welcome. Um, and all of the wood in the bedroom is very dark, but mm-hmm. it's also very glossy. So it has this, like, it reflects the light of the window. Mm-hmm. So early, early mornings, like the first few months, I haven't, knock on wood, had it in a while, but um, the first few months that we lived here, I would wake up, and the first the first entity I saw was, um, I sleep on, if you're laying in bed, I sleep on the right side of the bed mm-hmm. and I'm closer to the bedroom door, which is not my jam, <laughs> but I have to sleep on my right side. So I had to make some concessions here and there. Um, and I saw this entity like at the corner, right? Like me laying in bed, the corner, right foot of the bed. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that looked like, um, some sort of like 
goblin-y, like golem-y, very lanky, thin, pale, like long arms. And it had like not much of a neck. So it was just kind of hunched. And it was, all of these images are static. Um, Mm. I don't ever see them move, but it was there for a second. And I remember waking John up and I was like, is there there something in the house? And he was like, Jesus Christ, what's going on? (laughs) Um, I was like, I think I just had a sleep demon. No, no, no. Don't wake up. Best part of waking up. demons in your bed um yeah but that was my first like sleep entity that i saw okay. and um, this entity was would say around three or four feet tall it was kind of shorter than... yeah probably about three three and a half feet tall I and it was say. just was it looking at you or just yeah. staring yeah it was looking at me okay and it wasn't uh didn't move at all wasn't talking trying to communicate nope it was just there it was just there like a like a you know D minor illusion mm. didn't move or static image mm-hmm. yeah yeah so, and was it, um, could you tell what it was wearing? No it wasn't clothes. wearing anything. Okay. It gave me kind of like chupacabra vibes. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was some sort of creature. Right. Um, yeah, it was a creature, definitely not a, a person. Mm. So. And there, there was no, um, psychic information that it was trying to communicate. It was just standing there. Just standing there. Okay. Yeah. So that was the first one. <laughs> that's the first one. That's yeah. the first one. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, and then I saw kind of like a ghostly soldier, like an old timey French soldier. Um, oh, yeah. We were talking about this. Yeah. Yeah. That had like a blue, uh, a blue jacket with red trim and the gold buttons, you know, that kind of mm. down the front and the, the round flat cap. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one was like directly at the foot of the bed. Uh, very pale. Um, looked more like a person, like a, an afterlife, you know, ghostly. Was it doing person. the same thing? Was yeah, it didn't staring? move. Didn't move. Okay. Was it looking at you? It was just standing like kind of straight ahead, like staring. Right. Um, as if like, as if we were in its space, like he was just like, he was, he was existing and we were just mm. in its space. I have goosebumps right now. I'm so scared. <laughs> um, no, as if yeah. we were in his space and he was just existing. Right. Um, so it wasn't just like a, you know, dead ass stare. Um, oh, so he was just like looking out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and could you see any um, weapons, like a rifle or a sword, anything, nothing like no, that? No, no okay. weapons. Mm-mm. Was he wearing, um, he was wearing his uniform. Mm-hmm. Anything else, like gloves or anything, anything that would depict like a winter time? Or I think it was probably like, it gave me very much like old French army outfit. Um, mm. I don't necessarily remember gloves, maybe like fall, spring or fall kind okay. of weather. Not heavy wool, but it seemed like a wool jacket. Yeah. If I was going to theorize it, you, I think you're on the third or fourth floor here. So Third floor, yeah. I would I would theorize that it was some sort of post back in uh, his time that was built to kind of oversee mm. what was going on. Like before, probably before U.S. was really um, yeah. put together. Because there was a lot of French influence in the... Yeah, there's a lot of French influence Yeah, here. in the United yeah. States. And, and we're not that and, far yeah. from Canada, so mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so there's probably some sort of... Uh, um, watch, um, uh, guard tower or something yeah. like that, you know, maybe even like a fire watch type thing. Just could so, be. Yeah. yeah. That would be, that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. I wonder, I mean, this building's incredibly old too. So, yeah. um, but yeah, there was that one. And then there was this very ritualistic one that happened. Um, and I realized like after I saw the image that I was seeing again, I described the room, um, because I was seeing the, um, the, the the sharp angles of the dark wood against the light paint Mm -hmm. and um so i was sitting there and there were probably like five or six shrouded figures all in black around the bed and they had these very like tall high pointy hats they kind of looked like i mean again Harry Potter analogy, they looked a little like Death Eaters or like mm-hmm. Dementors, just like sitting there. And it, it felt very ritualistic. It felt very occult. It felt very much like this was some sort of ritual and we were in the center of it. Right. That one was very weird. <laughs> <laughs> and I definitely have caught glimpses of a similarly dressed creature, just one, um, all in white though, at different mm. corners of the bed. What the other ones, what were they? What color was their robe? Black. Black robes. Mm-hmm. It okay. was like the white one was like the leader or the, not yeah, you know yeah. And these robes were. Um, could you see their faces? Were their faces covered by the robes? Completely covered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And how how tall would the point would you say? I mean, I was the top. Style? Like, so our ceilings are probably ten feet, if I were guessing. Mm-hmm. 
Probably. Yeah. Maybe nine feet. Um, and it was like, they were just like the tips of them were right there. So these things were very tall. Okay. Whatever so they the were. Entities tall, were tall. They were like probably the... over six feet would be my guess. Okay. And the, the points of their hats came even higher. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause I've seen, um, some ritualistic robes that look like that. And like, yeah, there's like, some very old photos. Like, obviously like the KKK has appropriated sure. that kind of look. Mm-hmm. But before that, there's like ritual, ritualistic robes that, that look like that. Yeah. It was yeah. very, that, and there was like this kind of gauzy, gossamery fabric mm. that was very kind of like, not shredded, but worn, like threadbare. Mm. Yeah. And they were, were they chanting or there was no noise? No, I never, they ne- these things never move. I never hear anything. I just see them. Mm. Yeah. Okay. You see them in daytime? Um, I see them early, early morning. So I'll mm-hmm. see it and it'll be, you know, five in the morning when you're getting just a hint of sunrise coming in. Mm. So and you say like with the, the sleep, sleep paralysis type stuff, is that, would you attribute that to your own personality just because you are a little bit more closer to the veil or... Um, I definitely think maybe I'm more sensitive to it just because I am very, like, I was a very imaginative kid. I was very into witchy practices as a kid and kind of grew up with it. Um, so there might be a bit of that. Um, it could also be the fact that I just have an incredibly vivid imagination too. (laughs) Um, so it's, yeah, it's a little, it's odd. It's a little unexplainable. Um, I've definitely thought about texting our neighbors and being like, do you see ghosts? (laughs) (laughs) Weird question. Uh, where do we put the recycling? Also, uh, do you see any ghosts? So yeah. Do you have the back door gate key? Also, any shrouded entities in your house? Just double checking. Yeah, just the shrouded ones. <laughs> I know that we, when you were first moving into this apartment, I was. It was a day that I was helping you move. Bless um, your soul. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, and you and I were like, kind of like sitting in the living room, and there was no furniture yet. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and you had like. There was a couple of bags. There was some oh, stuff in the corner. I know exactly what it was. It was a headpiece that I had made that had these like kind of drippy chains right. hanging off of it. Yeah. The, the cha- Were those chains plastic or are they metal? They were metal. Metal. So that makes it even crazier. Yeah. What I'm about to say. So we were sitting in the living room and... Because we had two chairs in the it, entire place. Like two chairs. <laughs> no bed. Yeah. There's nothing in the, nothing in the uh, apartment yet. Uh, we were just talking... And then I looked over because it just, it, it caught my eye. So out of the corner of my left eye, I just, I just looked over and it was at the same time you heard a noise. Right. And I looked over and this chain was like swinging. Yeah. Like back and as forth. if someone had like bumped the bag. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. we were the only two people there. <laughs> that was weird. It was like someone walked past it or, and like the bag slid, but the bag didn't move. Yeah. You would have to like walk by. And then bump it or or flick it. Yes, it felt like someone flicked it. Yeah, and it was like it's it's crazy that it was like it was metal. Yeah, and both of I just remember both of us being like, "Did you just fucking see that?" (laughs) Um, It happened again. Really, the other day, and I wanted to text you about it. It actually happened like this past week. Holy shit! We both the same piece Mm-mm. oh john and i were both standing in the sunroom and we we are trash people and still have our christmas tree up uh-huh. um and i just remember seeing just like you did out of the corner of my eye one of the ornaments just swinging and i turned and looked at john and i was like are you seeing this and he, he said it too and i was just like this is and we were both standing far and like no one bumped the tree there was no oh, rattling shit. of the building you know oh, so shit. something moved for sure yeah it's yeah. <laughs> once that happened when you were moving in. You were like, oh, man, is this place haunted? Like, oh, no. <laughs> it might be. I think it might be. <laughs> yeah. I don't get bad vibes from it, but it is definitely like if John is working later and I'm home alone, right. turning all the lights off is like, I can't do it. Oh, <laughs> it's like man. too scary. But it sounds like I, I think that a lot of this stuff that the sleep paralysis stuff seems residual. It doesn't seem interactive. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't interact ever. It's yeah. just those kind of static images. But they are they are odd. It's kind of um, there's it, it, visually it reminds me. And again, this is like where the imagination and like kind of trans transitive property kind of comes in. Mm. Um, 
or like transference of, of, of imagery. There's an artist who has sleep paralysis demons and he created an, an entire tarot deck of this imagery. Wow. And a lot of the creatures are these like shrouded figures that don't move. And he was describing his own sleep paralysis as he, they don't ever move, but they are really scary looking. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's been a, that's been a thing. It's really funny. I was, I did a show last night and I was talking to one of the, um, one of the audience members who came out who was like, I'm a witch. I was like, bitch, I'm a witch. <laughs> and we started talking and I like mentioned my sleep paralysis demons and he was like, me too. Yeah. And like it went into thorough detail about it. So maybe there is something about being more in tune uh, on a spiritual level that these things are more, you know, readily present for you. Yeah. Uh, I had sleep paralysis when I was a kid. Oh, man. As yeah. a kid. That's scary. Mm-hmm. As a kid, because you don't know what's going on. No. You know, I, could, I would always, like, try to call out for my mom, and, and you, like, nothing would breathe. come out. Oh. Yeah. Nothing would come out, you know. Just, no. Oh, man. A, co- a couple of times, I, there was something in the room. I couldn't tell what it was. <laughs> of course, because I can't move my head. Right. So, because I'm, I'm paralyzed. But yep. there was definitely something there. I could just see, like, an outline. Mm-hmm. But that was it. It never interacted with me. It was just there. So so weird. It's so weird. And it's so uncomfortable when it happens, too. Like, because you can't do anything. Yeah, you really have to <laughs> kind of get it together and try and talk your brain into it. It's really strange. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. So... You had, uh, we talked about the cat, we talked about the sleep paralysis, but you have other stories too. Yes. Right? You have some more spooky stuff for us. Yes. Mm. Uh, so I went to Drew University, which is in Madison, New Jersey, mm-hmm. um, about 45 minutes outside of New York City, and it is the fourth most haunted campus in the United States. Oh, shit. Um, I have no idea why. Um, and it's not a forest reserve. So like you walk into the woods and then oh, it opens out into this okay. campus. It's That's, yeah. wild and vastly sense. different from what I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were several occasions of like seeing things out of the corner of my eye, like both fre- f- freshman through senior year. Mm. Um, I was in one of the dorms where, uh, it was purported that there were twins, in the building there were these twin children very you know shining-esque but not murdery um but and they were in the basement where the laundry was and i remember going down there and seeing them Mm, and like mm, getting my laundry and mm, leaving mm. and i remember calling my mom and i told her and she was like that's horrifying yeah um so there were also yeah so you went to get your laundry and they were just they were just just standing in the laundry room oh no no it's really creepy it was just late at night it wasn't that late, but it was evening. It was okay. definitely evening. Um, Were they just like watching you do laundry? And... It was really scary. It was one of those things where I was like, I need to get my shit, but I'm like so scared right now, you know? I'm just going to get my laundry. I'm just going to, all right, all right, I'm out of here. Sneak, sneak right past you. Yeah. Can I just slip <laughs> in? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, that was one of the incidents. And then there was another... Um, I didn't live in this dorm, but there were constantly, constantly reports uh, from uh, one of the dorms called Hoyt. Mm. Um, And the fourth floor, the top floor of Hoyt, was a women-only floor because there was an entity that lived up there. Yeah. Which, like, Drew was entirely a co-ed kind of situation. Um, But because there was an entity, they made it separate. So Hoyt used to be a convalescent home during i can't remember which war i think it was i can't remember which war i think it was world war ii but I'm, it might have been korean war but i'm not sure okay and there uh so there were nurses and doctors taking care of patients mm. um oh you know i might be misspeaking i think it might have been a tuberculosis ward oh, not entirely uh, sure okay. but there was some sort of medical facility that was mm-hmm. meant as a care care Makes facility sense. um and one of the nurses had been attacked by one of the patients in like, and I, I don't know if she was killed in the encounter or if, if it was just like she was so traumatized by the experience. She now haunts the fourth floor. Oh my God. And there are actual real stories from students and that like, you know, some of the women would bring guys over, you know, like as you're in college and you like bring a guy home and like, sure. who knows what's going to yeah. happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but men would have these very strange encounters and, uh, you know, they would never cop to it. But it was it was this idea of if you came to the fourth floor with any other intent other than good, she would know. And there were accounts of men with huge scratches down their back or being oh. pushed. Um, so there was a lot of that that happened on the fourth floor, which was like, 
you know, wow. as, you know, as being being a woman, like I could go up to the fourth floor, but you could feel it. Like it was just kind of like, like the world kind of like shrank a little bit. So the women never got attacked. No, it was, women it were was never only, attacked. They were left alone. So it was only men. Yeah. That were attacked on that floor, huh? Correct. So once more for the listeners, what is this? Um, what's the name of this place? This is Drew University. This Drew was University. Hoyt Hall. In uh, in New Jersey? In New Jersey. Okay. Correct. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah, if you look up like haunt, haunted campuses in the U.S., <laughs> we're the fourth one. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Like there was a little boy that haunted the parking lot. So oh the big God. ghost story I have. Oh, here we go. I have a big Uh-oh. ghost story. So I'm a, I was a theater major. Mm-hmm. And we... Um, so the Shakespeare Theater of New Jersey is on our campus. They have mm. a building on our campus. And when they are not running productions, the theater department can put a play in there, in this, usually in the spring. Mm-hmm. So we were doing um, As You Like It, mm-hmm. uh, Shakespeare production, and one of the best shows ever. And this place is um, its huge. It's vast. It's very, very beautiful, kind of proscenium stage. It's got two crow's nests and... Um, you know, to get up and adjust the lights, there's like, you have to like do a huge extension ladder to get up and adjust lights. It's wild, right. wild, wild, wild. There's a balcony. Um, and this was like my first, I think that was my first production in that space. And this building used to be an old gymnasium. It was the gym for the school for a long time. And it was one of those old school gyms where they would have the floor that would close over top of the pool. Mm. So like the basketball court would close over top of the pool and then like open out. You do a fancy college. Yeah. I mean, I guess that was like a big thing (laughs) in like the 60s, 70s, 80s to have this, like to accommodate space. Right. Um, So one there and the track ran around the pool and there was a young boy who was part of the track team named Reggie and he was running around the pool and he slipped and he fell and he drowned. That's the story that I remember. Um, and so the public safety offices, like, you know, modern day public fast forward, mm. public safety offices would get late night phone calls and they would just hear breathing on the other end and you'd hear dripping oh, water. Man. Yeah. It's like, it kind of makes me like tear up a little bit. Oh, it's so creepy, but Reggie is oh. so playful so we had this like ritual anytime we were doing a show there is we would mm. bring a coloring book and crayons and okay. you'd leave them in the booth. And that's like an offering to Reggie to be like, hey, we're in your space. We acknowledge that. But we also want to uh, just check in with you and let you know that we're here. Um, and you would come back and you'd see some of the crayons had been dulled down. That's very nice. Which was that's really nice cool. Um, but when we were do when we were running as you like it, I had I had a big quick change from my boy outfit into the wedding dress at the end, mm-hmm. um, and I would have to exit stage right, go on, have my dresser zip me into the wedding dress, run down the hallway, and enter through the aisle. So it was like probably all of four minutes that I mm-hmm. could do this in. Right. So I go to do that, and I notice that the lights in the hall are off, and it's mid show, so it's like they always left it on because they were like. We're not going to mess around. We don't want anybody to trip. Mm-hmm. So I would, I was like, why are the lights off? This is so weird. And I just ran around and made my entrance. And then at the end of the show, my my friend Charlotte was also doing a quick change where she was going from her outfit into a wedding dress because there's this big four-person, four-bride, four-groom wedding at the end of the play. Mm-hmm. And she rounds the corner to make her entrance through the same way. And she came back to me and she was white as a sheet after the show. She was like, you would not believe what happened. All of the lights were off and all of the extra chairs that they did for overflow seating were knocked over in the hallway. So she had to climb over. She was late for her entrance. She had to climb over them. And I was like, what are you talking about? And we went back and checked and all the chairs were back. Oh my God. It was wild. It was wild. Something could have happened. You know, like we could always, I'm more of a scully than a molder. I'm a skeptic in some of that stuff. But like I given what we had seen regarding Reggie mm. throughout the production process, I would not be surprised if that happened for real. Like I, I do believe Charlotte on that one. Wow. I know. Isn't that creepy? Oh man. That's <laughs> weird. And you can't, you can't tell what are you supposed to say to somebody like, Oh, the chair, they were turned over. I, I you know, I was like, like, I believe you. Cause she was late and she was never late for the entrance. Yeah. And I was like, and she didn't have a dresser because she didn't have to go as fast. Yeah. But it was like, 
something is going on here. That would make me crazy. Yeah, she just like, like, oh, oh, no, you know, it wasn't after the show. I was waiting to do my entrance, and she came around the corner. She was like, you're not going to believe what I just saw. Mm. It was crazy. Oh, my God. I still think about that, (laughs) obviously. Like, how many years later? This is like... I don't know. I don't want to admit my age. <laughs> it's like 15 years later or something. Yeah. Oh my God. Super wild. Wow. Wow. Okay. Wow, 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 wow. Um, so let's, let's talk about you. You still do um, some tarot readings. I do. Yes. Um, so you want to plug that? Yeah. Um, um, anyone who's interested uh, in a tarot reading, I do virtual readings and in-person readings, um, three card draw. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have myriad decks with which we can work. Um, and I, you can contact me through my Instagram, which is the T-H-E-H-E-L-E-N-A-H-A-N-D-B-A-S-K-E-T, the Helena Handbasket um, on Instagram. And if you message me, uh, we can talk about setting up a tarot reading. Um, so yeah, I do that. And I'm hoping that we do a tarot reading before we jump into our next, uh, activity for today. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we man. just see what's Maybe going on. Maybe we should. We <laughs> might. I mean, it's a full moon in cancer. I was telling you earlier that it's oh, like, man, um, man. I, I, I can't remember the exact timing on it. I would have to talk to Jordan, but I know we are in the midst of full moon in cancer and a mm. mercury retrograde, but cancer is a very psychic sign. It is ruled by the moon. It's very much in touch with dreams and kind of the, the, the place between the veil, um, that very like thin line. Ooh, so it's going to be a weird night. <laughs> could be a weird night. We'll find out. One more time. What's your handle so people can do, um, the tarot reading? Yeah, it's the T H E Helena handbasket or the Helena handbasket on Instagram. Um, I'm the only one that spells it that way. So, <laughs> all right, easy to, easy to find. There please you go. don't go to my drag sister in DC, who is also a hell in a handbasket, who spells it differently because she'll be like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah, I think we're gonna we're gonna cut there. Um, I'll definitely love to have you back on the on the podcast, Kato. Anytime. Yeah, I have I'm so sure you many got, ghost stories. You got you. more stories. Yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I grew up in New Mexico. It's just haunted <laughs> as shit. It's so scary out there. <laughs> awesome. Um, but yeah, thank you, Cato, um, for being on the show. Thanks, James. Okay. All right. See you later. <laughs> Bye. What's up, everybody? So, Cato uh, was nice enough to do a Gansfeld session after our talk. So coming up, you're going to hear her. Uh, it gets pretty weird. So um, also, she's going to be uh, back on the show at some point. So tune in for that, and we'll do like a breakdown and a little analysis of uh, what she saw in this session. Here's the audio. I'm in a field. I mean, even if you just see a shadow, I see shadows. I see darks. I see stars. And then anything you see, even if you just... Feel that's what it looks like without seeing what it looks like. Just say it out loud. Okay. And it tends to just start accelerating with more the more you talk about whatever's going on inside of your head. Okay. Cool. Go for it. I see eye floaters. Everything's gone a bit like purple, purple lavender color, like with splotches of red. I'm getting a voice. It's gone now. The light flashed brighter and went dim. Voice is back. I'm getting like 80s synth lead singer from the voice. Light got darker. I'm hearing music, like a like a uh, uh, like Johnny Carson big band. Uh, definitely just felt movement. Oh, I got a static buzz. That was so scary. <laughs> Music's gone entirely. Oh, light just turned like pink, like a soft pink. Oh, back to red, back to red. There's something there. Like standing up right there. A woman in a dress. 
black, black dress, non-threatening but anxious, still there, I should stop pointing, that's rude, she just walked down the hall, she's gone, that was wild, like Victorian, like lace dress, puffy sleeves. I feel uneasy because she felt uneasy. My feet are tingly. Something is back right there. Smaller. Oh God, I just touched something. Oh God. Wait, was that the light stand? I'm so scared. That was the light. Okay. <laughs> I just got so scared. Uh, yeah, there's something like, on, I feel like on the couch, um, small, like uh, like an animal or like a maybe a child, like small, little, lighter, lighter entity. Like maybe a, like maybe a cat, like a cat snoozing. Orange, orange cat, orange cat. That's weird. My toes are numb. Man's voice in my right ear definitely heard hello. Like a radio key, like a hello. I'm hearing a conversation, two voices, back and forth. Sounds like an interview, like a job interview. It's <laughs> wild. That's two men, one's younger. Oh, they're gone now. I heard that hello again. Like a hello. I'm hearing a car engine rev. Not quite that squeal of like tires stuck in the mud, but it's that like tires stuck in the mud vibe. Oh, oh, static, static. Oh my God, that was so scary. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so scared. <laughs> Yeah, I heard a like, <laughs> so, oh my God, something moved, something moved, something moved. Are you guys seated? Yes. Oh my God, something moved over there, something moved. Like, like footsteps, like something, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God, that was so scary. <laughs> oh my God. That was a lot. That was the most I've ever had. Yeah, that was wild. All right, that'll be it for episode six. Uh, and, and again, anytime you have questions or you want to add something, you can always email me at gansfeldfilespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, also on Instagram, so check out Podcast on Instagram. You can always DM me. Uh, at Instagram, follow the page, Instagram page for updates and uh, possibly some clips, uh, video in the future. Uh, as always, we're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and Stitcher. All right. Thanks, everybody.